Welcome, everybody, to episode 120 of the Pilsner Podcast. It is a wonderful night for an evening. Um, my name is Tim. That is short for Thames. Join here, as always, with my cohorts. Corey, it was the chair, Jensen, and Adam, the sign guy, Wenish. And we got some special guests. We are live at Sleepy Eye Brewing Company in downtown Sleepy Eye at the lovely, what is it, the Pix Building, the Pix Theater? What are we calling it uh, now? Uh, restored uh, Historic Pix Theater. Okay. And that's, um, that is Adam. You are? Uh, my name is Adam Armbruster. Uh, my wife and I bought this building a couple of years ago, and we've since uh, remodeled and repurposed it. And uh, we've kind of made it home to the Sleepy Eye Coffee Company and Sleepy Eye Brewing Company. You guys did a wonderful job. This place is amazing. Um, and uh, we're also joined here by Aaron. Uh, what's up, Aaron? Hey. <laughs> Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good. Um, what, do you do, what do you do around here? So I am the brewer around here. I make the beer. Okay. Along yeah. with the rest of the owners, uh, they all chip in and help out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these guys asked me to brew for them uh, early November. Okay. And uh, from there, they interviewed me. I fell in love with the place the first time I saw it, and uh, I've been having a blast ever since. Well, that's really awesome. Um, you can tell my interview skills are trash. I'm used to just hanging out with these guys. Um, <laughs> so, what's the story as far as, were you guys all friends homebrewing or anything like that? Or Yeah, so the five of us uh, owners, uh, four of the five of us are actually from Sleepy Eye. We all kind of graduated basically between 95 and 2001. Um, we've been friends ever since, mostly through sports and basketball. Uh, a few of us started brewing a number of years ago, and we've since kind of intermittently brewed ever since. About two or three years ago, we got this wild idea that we wanted to brew more frequently. We uh, looked into buying about a $5,000 uh, spike brewing system that would make roughly five-gallon batches. And our system size slowly escalated from there to uh, a slightly larger system. Oh, is this the actual system you were buying? Yeah, yeah. So we, we started, it was five gallons, and we just about traded gallons for barrels. And right now we're at a three-barrel system. But uh, the idea was a $5,000 investment in a five-gallon system. Uh, that didn't fare very well for us. No. How much beer had been drunk when that idea came up? Like, <laughs> obviously, you were a few beers in that night, and, like, this would be a great idea. I, the idea is... We almost this, bought a house. Yeah. Not a point. The, the sober idea was the five-gallon system. The, the drunk idea continued to escalate, and at some point, we hit a... There was a point of no return... And uh, we actually had put money down on a one-barrel system, thinking, oh, we'll sell maybe two kegs a month or something like that. We were completely oblivious to what the demand was. And as we started meeting with brewers, they basically laughed at us and said, oh, that'll be a nice garage sale item uh, in about a month. And we canceled their down payment, did a ton more research, and ended up getting what we thought would probably be the largest system we could fit in this building, and that was a three-barrel system. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's, it looks really cool on display there, too, all the nice shiny metal and all that. So we were, Adam and I were here opening night. You were telling us a story about when you first started brewing beer, you had an issue with too much wine. Yeah. You should tell that story. That was pretty yeah, funny. So how I started brewing is kind of a strange story. My, uh, my knowledgeable coach in high school, of all people, uh, actually <laughs> stayed in contact with me after graduation, and, and we kind of remained friends. Uh, through uh, college and into medical school. My second year of medical school, her husband invited me over to brew Ryan with him. 
And uh, we started brewing wine together. And anytime you brew wine, you end up with 30 bottles of wine. Uh, a second-year med student and 30 bottles of wine isn't, isn't the greatest combination in the world, especially if we're talking about bad wine. <laughs> and so it, from there, we got a better idea and decided, well, I can't drink 30 bottles of wine, but I can crush two cases of beer. So we transitioned over to beer, and it's kind of been beer ever since. I'm glad you did, because what we're having right now is super good. Let's talk about this. It's the, is it the peaches and cream? Nope. This was the eye candy blonde. Nope. The, eye candy uh, blonde ale. The, the first beer is the cream ale. Cream ale. Yep. yep. Cream it should ale. be Sleepy Eye Cream. Yep. yep. Uh, Sleepy Eye Cream, when, we, when the five of us decided we were going to do this brewery, uh, the first batch we actually brewed together uh, was a cream ale, and it's a it was a variation of this recipe, very close. We we ended up doing a cream ale because I'm a huge fan Mine's of Castle right. Cream. So yeah, I I went to medical school in Duluth, and and uh, Castle Danger is basically right there. So I I kind of steadily became a huge fan of Castle Cream. Uh, and we had a good friend in college who was from Wisconsin, and he loves spotted cow. So kind of blending those two, yeah. those two tastes together, we sort of ended up with what became our cream ale. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I don't generally drink blonde ales and cream ales and stuff like that, so it's nice to actually have a brewery where I can come to that's only 15 minutes away and just get a flight and be like, yeah, give me something tiny. I don't want to commit to a 12-pack. Yep. Right. And cream ale. How do you guys come up with your name for your beers? Your mic's off. How do you guys come up with your name for your beers? Is it just a kind of a group effort or whoever's making it comes up with something? or? Yeah, I think so. Aaron's actually had a lot more input than that. I'm more the science guy. They're the creative side, so I'll let him elaborate on that. So my uh, adventures with names uh, begins with my wife. She has got the creative mind. Okay. So when these guys are asking for names, I immediately forward everything to her and, hey, use your creative mind, come up with some cool names. And uh, she's got several on the, on the board down there that she came up with, and she's pretty tickled about that too. So, <laughs> so yeah. with, with being the sleepy guy, you're going to start using, like, local landmarks and stuff in some of the names, and that's something you've thought about or talked about? or I think it's whatever... Just, we pick whatever whatever sounds good. There'll be no theme. The style. <laughs> That's how yeah. I like it. Are you going to name any, uh, like, from neighboring towns by chance? I, I think you could probably talk us into it. Uh, if you know a guy, I think there would be a chance. Call one the uh, Springfield Ale or the Sanborn Ale. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, there's got to be a Sleepy IPA, right? Oh. Well, there is. Yep, okay. we got the Sleepy IPA. There is. There is definitely a sleepy IPA. I think we talked about that the very first time we talked about you, you know, two years ago when we heard you guys were opening. Yeah. We started talking about the, you know, well, there's got to be a sleepy IPA. We were but, nervous that you were going to be one of those, like, small town breweries with in this population that makes four lagers and says, oh, it's a craft beer place. Like, we've been to a few of those spots, and we're like, this kind of sucks, this brewery, you know? Yeah. And then when I came here the first night, I'm like... Oh, the IPA is really good. I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> uh, we, we've all gone through different phases. It's kind of funny. We got a, uh, amongst our owners and brewers, we all have really different tastes. I, I I rarely drink dark beers. Aaron loves really dark beers. I love IPAs. One of our owners, if an IBU hits one, it's too bitter. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, 
So crazy aunt was that guy's recipe? Yeah, that's that was made specifically for him. Yeah. Um, have, so since you guys have you guys have had one week in business now, have you noticed anything as far as your customer base? Is it a lot of people just popping in to check it out and they're not really sure about what to order, or are you seeing a lot of craft beer nerds coming in and being like, let's try this, 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 and they, they're confident when they order? From what I see going across the bar, our bar, our beer tenders, they're doing an amazing job. Uh, we get a lot of people that are just trying it for the first time. They're not sure what they want. Uh, our beer tenders are doing a good job asking them, well, what do you normally drink? And in this neck of the woods, we live in uh, Grain Belt Light, uh, the Anheuser's, the Miller's. So, Bush yep. Light Town, yeah. Yep, Hams. yep, that's the neighborhood. The Hams, oh, yeah, yep, yep. But uh, so naturally, we're going to stray them towards the lighter side of beers. So the Crazy Aunt is definitely winner because that's the lightest one. Uh, very refreshing, crisp. Uh, that's really been our number one seller so far because it is our lightest beer. That is your number one seller. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one by far leads the way. Uh, but as that one ran out, we've kind of steered people a little bit, kind of introducing them to maybe the cream ale, and then from the cream ale jumping off that into the Saison uh, and kind of trying to get people to push a little bit outside of their comfort zone. And I've really been surprised a lot of strictly light beer drinkers uh, have been willing to dabble in a few other things, and sometimes they find something they like. Other times it's not their thing, but uh, that's the point of a place like this. Yeah, that's really cool. You can't just throw somebody who says, I like Mick Golden, to like, what's our most bitter IPA we have? Let's. I just want to see this guy's face. We don't want to turn no. them away. <laughs> we want to introduce them to craft beer. I know. I'm just joking. And not only craft beer, but the distinct styles of craft beer. Mm-hmm. Understand what they're drinking and what they should be tasting. Yeah. Uh, I think is really key to really getting the craft beer. I'm super impressed that you guys have 11 beers available right now. That is, with how small your system is. That's uh, pretty incredible. We had to hammer them out. We had about two months to get there, and yep. as fast as we could churn them out, yep. we got them churned out. And as soon as we had our fermenter open, we were rocking another one right back in there. Yeah. So is there going to be crawlers for sale eventually? or? Yeah, we, we did. growlers in? Can people do that yet? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Down the road, we, we certainly want to do that. Uh, right now, we want to make sure we're keeping all of our tap lines full. And we, we opened up crawler sales right before Christmas, and we sold about 550 crawlers in one weekend, which was way more than we ever anticipated. So we're like, oh, man, we better back off. We don't want to completely run out of beer at some point. So we backed off on crawlers and growlers for now, but they're, they're coming back soon, and uh, we're getting a few special event requests and stuff like that where we're going to try to get crawlers over to. Well, I think you guys are hitting the sweet spot where you got – we're in this trend right now where people not only want to try craft beers, but everyone's focusing on buying local and supporting small business. So I think, you know, even being in a town this size that, you know, obviously isn't Mankato or Rochester, to have this sort of turnout for the first week is, is you guys got to be thrilled with it. Yeah, it's, it shattered our expectations. It's been unbelievable. And from the time the coffee shop opened here through now, the support's been unbelievable. Uh, this last weekend with the brewery, it's been absolutely crazy. Uh, we just couldn't be happier, and uh, we love the support we've gotten from the community, and hopefully we can keep things new and exciting and keep people coming. Yeah. It's a lot of fun sharing the beer you make and talking to people. Uh, that by far is very rewarding. Yeah, we like talking about beer. That's our favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think one of the craziest things has just been the number of people from all over the place that have been here. 
and I can't can't even count the number that have been from the cities, the Mankato area. And they're coming from a long ways. Like I, I don't even know how you guys heard about us. Yeah, I the, talked to a guy from uh, Green Bay. Nice oh, really? Yeah, That's Green crazy. Bay, Wisconsin. He owns a brewery out there and a couple of coffee shops. Yeah. Uh, Sizing yeah. you up? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> they really love the place. I mean, like, my wife and I, we aren't afraid to get in the car and drive to the cities for a day just to hit a couple breweries. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense that there's other people out there like that that'll drive from the cities to come down here. We'll go to Star Keller and Sleepy Eye, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those yep. things like feel the dreams. If you make good beer, people will come. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Did and to keep on, like, I don't know what, keep the variety going. Yep. I've, I've got this goal. I'm trying to hit every tap room in the state, and I know there's a bunch of other people out there trying to do that too. So what that is always it? helps. 185 so I, now. 191. Oh really? Is what there is in the state. Yep. Yeah. Is it 191? I, I, we might have been number 192. You guys were 190. 190. Oh, were we? And then yep. there was one more that opened right after you guys. Yep. Okay. Yep. I know that. I know there was a guy here on opening night that had been to every brewery in the state within the year. Yep. Uh, I'm in the I'm in a Facebook beer group with that, that guy. has got a life. I'm trying. Man. I'll, I'll never do awesome. it in a year. Yeah. I, it's gonna take me. Modest was his last one, he right? One ninety in a year. Yep. I think he was going to four a week. I believe he's retired. Yep. I was gonna say he's not married. Oh no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, can't, you can't be kids or, or working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I set my New Year's resolution as I just want to try two hundred new beers. I'm like, it shouldn't be too tough. I looked at Untapped, and I had over 300 last year. You got 11 right here tonight. <laughs> I know. It's a jump start. Yep. <laughs> Get yep. you there in a hurry. Yep. All right, let's move on. What, what are we, we doing uh, next? Yeah. Oh, mine's gone already. Oh, are we, are we rating right. that uh, Sleepy Eye Cream? <laughs> I, I wasn't going to rank beers. Tonight. Oh, you're not? Okay. I'm not set up for that. So we go into the eye candy. Is that next? Uh, next one, I think we were going to go to the Drunk Uncle. Okay. Yep. The Drunk Three. Uncle. So... The Drunk Uncle is our, our lager version of Crazy Aunt. So it's the exact same beer except for the yeast. Are you going to say inappropriate things while drinking this beer? <laughs> I don't. That's Aaron's job. I think his wife wife named it. Yeah, so it's the Crazy Aunt, and then uh, since it's the basic same recipe, different yeast, uh, just made total sense to call it the Drunk Uncle. <laughs> And yeah, we can have a lot of fun with this one. Right. If you ever put this in crawlers, you gotta put Bobby Moynihan on the some rendition of him as Drunk Uncle. You know what I'm talking about? Who? Saturday Night Live character, yes. Drunk Uncle. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Big guy. Yep. Did Weekend Update? He always came on like. Yep. Yep. That's a great idea. <laughs> I love it. So, basically, with Drunk Uncle. It should be a very smooth beer, not a lot of hop there. It's kind of a medium-bodied beer. It should wash away fairly quick. Uh, no dry hopping, so you're not going to get any of that citrusy flavor. This one will just be sort of a smooth, easy-drinking lager. It's going right down with me. It's very good, but it reminds me of something else that I, like, as soon as I taste it, I'm like, that's, but I can't put my finger on it, but it, it's very good. So I hope it's not the crazy aunt you were talking about on previous podcast. Oh, God. Uh, no. So I shouldn't bring that I up. Wonder, no. Well, that's, that's yeah, the I, only, I, I'm not afraid I, to say it. I, that's the only beer I've ever rated a zero, my crazy aunt. It was yeah, the worst. Yeah. It was an instant. Our both reaction, we both took a sip. Like, you go off mic. 
spit it right back out, and we drain poured it immediately. That it's, was when it was just Tim and I, and I think that was one of either the first or second beer that we ever did on the so show. So we're like, we don't want to do a craft beer podcast anymore after our second one. <laughs> you know, I wonder, so, I wonder if you're actually drinking the Drunk Uncle, because I just tasted my Drunk Uncle, and it's not Drunk Uncle. Either way, it's good. Make a mistake, That's or right. it's good. Sleepy Eye Brewing Company. Is yours Drunk yep. Uncle? <laughs> Yep, yeah. we're on Drunk Uncle. Okay, mine, mine's our Saison. Oh, that's a huge difference. Yeah, well, yeah. I this is not a Saison. All right. <laughs> you will definitely know when you hit the Saison. I was going to say, yeah, you were kind of looking at me like, hey, Drunk Uncle, you're kind of crazy. So how big of an accomplishment did it feel like that first time you relit that sign? That was huge. Yeah. So you guys re- restored the old marquee. I'm just yep. saying that for our yep. listeners here. So when we bought this building, it was basically completely gutted. There was a plywood floor, some studs on the walls, a false, like, steel-type ceiling in here, and it had a tin ceiling on the roof that leaked. Uh, It had fallen in. The roof had actually fallen in in the 90s, uh, and the next owner bought it, and he put uh, a steel roof on it. Unfortunately, it leaked from the time he put it on. So uh, we kind of started, like, all right, we got to take this thing in phases, and, like, we got to get that marquee lit up. So that was one of the first things we did. And it was last year, after months of working on it, it, the day before Christmas and Christmas Eve, it was like the 23rd and 24th of December, uh, Judd, one of the owners, and I, he's, he's an electrician, and he's done all the electrical work here. But him and I are outside installing the lights and, and doing uh, everything that we didn't have. Uh, Sid Signs helped us with all the neon, and they did some of that and some of the lighting. But the underside was all us putting on the channel lighting we were putting it on christmas eve morning and we're like we gotta have this thing lit up when everybody leaves church tonight and so we set the timer no idea if the thing worked we didn't light it up before and we left but i hope it worked so we're sitting there in church and man was i sweating hoping that thing lit up (laughs) and we came up here and drove by after we got out and it was awesome it was lit up and everything had worked out perfect but did you ever watch a movie in here? I or, did when or, I was younger. I either okay. watched one or two. When did it shut down it, as a movie so theater? It, it kind of shut down as a movie theater twice. Once in the early 80s, uh, and it was it was owned by, by Poyers, was their last name. Um, and they had owned it for a number of years and then closed it sometime in the 80s. And it was reopened again as a rental shop and a movie theater, kind of late 80s into early 90s, just for a few years in there. And that's when I had seen it, and it was sometime in the early 90s when they shut down for real. And there was nothing in here between then and now. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I don't, I mean. Other than a fallen roof. Yeah, I mean, we're about the same age, but I never, I didn't live in this town, but I don't remember anything ever being in this building. I think I remember driving through town and out on the sign it said, now showing blue sky. Yep, absolutely. Is that right? That was, and that that? was true. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. You could come right in through the top. Uh, Light bulb. So do you know what year the building was built then? This building was built in the early 20s. Yes, we're ringing in the 2020s in a building that was actually built in the roaring 20s. Yes, it is. (laughs) It it was, and that was kind of a theme my wife wanted to stick with with the design. So yeah, it's yeah that shows it's sick in here like. Yeah, way. you guys did really do a nice job. This doesn't look like a the ironwork a here, building like, that should be in Sleepy Eye. You know what I mean? It yeah. It looks like something you'd find you know in a more metro area. 
Yeah, that, that's one of the things we hear the most. We always say, well, that's true. You don't see it here much, but people around here, we deserve this. It, oh, for sure, know? for sure. And, and, and it's to... what we had the opportunity to bring it, and, and that's what we wanted to do. So I always kind of tell people my, my wife dumped her heart, soul, and all of my money into it. And to have the brewery just front and center on display is really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fun brewing beer and uh, having customers in here drinking the beer, coming up and visiting with you, checking you out, asking what you're doing. I mean, the brewery itself is beautiful. It complements the building. I agree. You know, so Love I was it. in here the first weekend that you guys had the coffee shop open. I, I stopped in. And I think I, well, it was during the week, and I texted these guys. And I said that I stopped in, saw the inside of the building, and I said, even if the beer is average, it's going to be an awesome hang, just based on what you guys did to the building and the vibe. And oh, now yeah. they've had the beer, now that's it's everything. like now it's even, yeah. makes it even better. Yeah, a brewery being cool to hang out in—that's half the fun too. Sometimes you go to those like places and you're like, just feels too clean. You know what I mean? Like yeah. industrial. Yep. Yeah. That—that that was kind of a huge part. We knew if uh, to make a business like this go in a small town. You got to have something to bring people in and keep people coming back, and and ambiance was a big part of that. We wanted we wanted to add that, and we wanted to be something different than everything else that was in town already. We sort of we didn't want to take over everything in town. We want to add to it. And you're also this is a dumb note, but you're one of the rare breweries that has TV going, which is that's awesome. So there's funny story behind that. That was actually a hot point of contention between the brewery and the coffee shop. Oh. You'll notice there's only TVs on the west wall, none on the east wall. Uh, and that's, the brewery was allowed to have two TVs on the main floor, none on the, west, on the east wall. Um, and then we all agree we wanted one up here um, to serve as a TV as well as a place where people could have meetings and put presentations yeah. uh, up on the TV. So. So it makes so much sense in a town like Sleepy Eye, too, to have one because it's not like you're going to the next brewery. So you yeah. are going to stay here a while. Why not yeah. watch at least half of a game? Well, exactly. And all, all of us uh, that are owners on the brewery side, we're all sports guys. And that kind of, I mean, the biggest thing we did hanging out, and we still do probably more than anything, is, is sports. And so we all wanted, we wanted to bring a little bit of a sports element uh, into it. And so a TV was a must-have for all of us, I mean, there's no way we were going to drink somewhere uh, on a night if the Twins are playing in the playoffs and we couldn't watch it. Uh, it wasn't going to happen. So that was, uh, I mean, it was a must-have from everybody's standpoint to have TVs. It was the uh, finding the, the balance between the coffee and the beer to make the TVs discreet, hidden, but very functional. So is the, is the coffee shop run as a completely separate entity then? It's different it owners than, than the brewery itself? Yeah, it, it is. So the ownership structure, we're kind of a meshwork of three different businesses. So my wife and I own the building and the coffee shop. Uh, those, those just belong to the two of us. Um, and then the coffee sh- or the brewery is owned between myself uh, and the four other owners. Uh, we're each equal partners, 20% across the board. So when you say the coffee shop didn't want a TV, you meant your wife didn't want a TV. You read that 100% correctly. Hot contention. Yes. I was, uh, Careful. She's probably going to listen to this. I, I frequently found myself as an intermediary. Uh, but well, I'll she, say this then. We weren't told to bring that up. That was just an observation yeah, I made. Uh, there's, kind of a, there's, always a, there's always little background stories like that. And my wife's a huge craft beer fan, so she's a, a huge fan of the brewery and a huge proponent of it. Because there are not many as TVs. much of a sports fan as us. Yeah, there just there aren't many breweries with TVs. Like, nope. and the ones that like, like I was going to Locale 
because I kind of like that. I preferred that when I would go to Mankato, and they would have the Yule Log channel on. I'm like, that's I'm like, oh, it makes sense. I guess they don't really want TV. And it wasn't until recently that I would go in and they would have like the PGA on. I'm like, oh, there's no sports today. Yeah, but people like that. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. I mean, you go up to the Metro, and most of the breweries up there right. don't have TVs. Yep. Unless they're, you know, there's a couple that'll do like, and it's and it's a stereotype, but they'll have the soccer game. You know, they'll do the, the loons or whatever mm-hmm. will be on. But well, a big difference between this type of area and a metro area is all of us unathletic, slow, short guys who love craft beer are able to play sports in a small town. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean yeah, that's true. You can start on the yeah. you can start in three sports. Yeah. If we're in the metro. You have you to know, play both sides. You yeah, know? I make the knowledge bowl team, and I'll be lucky if I can, uh, you know, fold towels on the soccer squad. So it's a different, you know, when you get oh, to play sure. sports, yeah. your interest in it grows. And so people around here, we all played sports, one, two, three sports in high school, and we continue to follow them afterward. So we want to be able to go to a brewery and watch them. Uh, where you go up to the metro area, that might not be the case. Yeah. We'll come in when uh, Summer Olympics are on. We'll come yeah. watch that. <laughs> Yeah, I plan on being here when the Vikings are playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, me too. I'll see you in if they're still years. If yeah. they're still open in 15 years. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I will be retired. <laughs> You'll be retired. <laughs> From your day job, let's hope, and still here. Yeah, yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second? I know we were talking about this, but the, did you guys watch the Gopher game this last weekend? No? Yes. Yep. Holy smokes, that was a game. How so how, proud of them. Awesome how pissed game. were you that we lost to Iowa? Like, we could have been in the – like, watching the Rose Bowl, I'm like, we could have beat Oregon. Like It, it was so painful but so typical. Yeah. It that, was like, I knew they were going to lose to Iowa. Well, everybody says that. But you just like, we're not going to beat Wisconsin. We're not going to beat Iowa. Somehow those games were going to lose. And I thought the same thing would happen at Auburn. But, man, did they come to play. Holy smokes. If we would have uh, – if we would have lost, it wouldn't have been – like, I would have been like, that's okay, because P.J. Flex is going to stay here for a little while then. With a new offensive coordinator, too. <laughs> yeah, brand new. Well, he I was mean, the um, wide receivers coach, yeah. correct? Yep. Right. No? Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Okay. But I would, I would probably bet that and they I, had the game plan pretty much set before. But it, I think he called a better game than, than the other the old guy. Probably. Regardless, though, I mean, just yeah. the, the fun level of like just watching that game go back and forth. I'm like, right. that was really high-quality football. I was like, I was really impressed. It was a fun game to watch. And you know what? We're on the right track to uh, lead us to a championship game. I, Hopefully I think so. within the next couple of years, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking that today. What happens first? The Vikings win a Super Bowl or the Gophers win a national championship? Gophers win the national championship. If P.J. Flex stays happen. here, he'll get sniped, though. His contract is really hard to get out of next year, but after that, it's pretty easy to get out of, is what it sounds like. Yeah, but if you just th- keep on throwing money at him, he's yeah. not going to leave. Because he built something, and he built it from the ground up. I think he wants to like be his baby. He wants to be the Coach K of Gopher football. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to turn down a lot of money, though. Yeah. Money, yeah, and money and prestige are hard to, yeah. hard to turn down, and you never get as much from Minnesota. What if LSU calls him? He's gone. <laughs> what, if the, what if the Vikings call him? <laughs> That's oh, a possibility. No. We'll find out. You know, no. that guy? Zim's not like, going anywhere. No. Uh, I, I love P.J. Fleck as a college coach. I don't think I could play for him because his culture stuff is so so intense, and, like, you got to buy in. Oh, for and, sure. I mean, he makes play, he gets players that do buy in, and those players thrive in structure that, that he establishes. 
Like, I don't think I could do it. I think I feel like it was corny and I couldn't buy into it. He asked somebody at Central Michigan when he said, I'm going to Minnesota. And he said, I'm going with you. And he goes, well, do you want to come visit the school first? And he goes, no. I don't remember who that was, but. Yep. Yeah. Culture is so cult. important in his cult. system. <laughs> Everything is culture. I mean, he just pushes it and pushes it. And I, I help coach our football team here. And we go, go to the clinics and hear him speak. And it's like, I don't know if I could do it. I respect it. And you can tell the players completely buy in. And that man is wired hot. I mean, he is going 100 miles an hour. And, I mean, his practices are run crisp, smooth, very rigid. It's He's very structured. It's it's really interesting to watch. On the same sense, I don't think that culture and that mindset would carry over as a pro coach. I can't. Because you'd I have cannot. a harder time getting the pros pro that are adults, making millions yeah. of dollars to buy into that compared to 18-, 19-year-old kids. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, even Fleck couldn't couldn't work around Xavier Rhodes. And that's what makes college football so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think the kids he brings in have incredible talent, and I think a lot of them probably need that structure, whether they lacked it before or not. I think they thrive in it, uh, and he brings it, and I think he, he probably enforces his rules fairly and, and, and I imagine, harshly because um, he does. I mean, those guys don't make a lot of mental mistakes. I mean, they're focused and on – I mean, they're just on when they play. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah, that, was, that game was a blast. I was so I was so excited. <laughs> also, I'm gonna say this. It's probably uh, I probably shouldn't be sharing this right now. I would guess that it was the um, first New Year's Day in about a decade that I woke up and I wasn't hungover. You can thank having a newborn and going to bed early for that. <laughs> I woke up and I'm like, what is this feeling? Let's go watch some football. <laughs> well, I know you weren't here New Year's Eve. No, I wasn't. We were. I was, but I was still home and in bed by 10, 10 o'clock or shortly after. Yeah. I had the little kid taken care of, so I'm like, eh, yeah. We actually did go to sleep at like 1130 for the first time in forever. <laughs> Welcome to adult. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 30. <laughs> Sooner or later, you're going to get there. I spent a good portion of my late 20s, early 30s DJing and bartending. So my New Year's for about 10 years were spent working. So now that I don't do the side gigs anymore, I have no desire to be out late on New Year's or Halloween or any of them big party nights. I mean, we're pretty tame. We go to the in-laws and they just have a big seafood fiesta, whatever you call it. But I still just get trashed. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so let's talk about the beer that Adam and I have finished. Is that this one? All right. We have the blonde. Next one should be the blonde. Number three. Yep. So we just finished up the cream ale. Yes. Yep. yep. And I love the cream ale because that corn we add to the mash gives a nice creamy flavor to it. Uh, but yeah, moving on to the, the blonde, right? Yep. We've done yep. cream ale and yep. uh, drunken uncle. Yep. Now the blonde. Yep. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was gone like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry, I missed it. We got to make you talk more. It's all right. Uh, the, so the Blonde is a, is a little bit of an interesting beer because it's kind of a, basically what I tell people is it's an actual true Blonde, but it's dry hopped. So I took a Blonde beer, and I always think they're kind of boring, so I wanted to do something to it. Uh, so we dry hopped it. And so you get a lot of, there's a lot of kind of citra and some Eldorado hops that'll give you a little bit of a citrusy uh, nose dry on it. Dry hopped a blonde ale. Yeah. That's a lot of people do that? Boring, That's man. crazy. Yeah, do a lot of breweries boring. do that? Dry hop a blonde ale? Uh, 
No, not really. Yeah. That's Generally what I was speaking, thinking. they'll call it like a golden ale or something like that. Uh, just a generic ale, but but we already had we had a Kolsch, which is very easy drinking beer without much hop flavor there. And I get bored if I'm just making beers with no hops in them. So we decided to dry hop this. So it's it's a little more bitter than most blondes, uh, and then it, it'll have uh, kind of that that citrusy citrusy hop from the dry hopping that hits you right up front. It's very hop forward with a really kind of citrusy hop nose on it. And then it, it finishes really smooth. It very light body beer overall. Yeah, I love all that. Away immediately. The citrus hops really come out at the end. Yeah. Uh, taste mm-hmm. uh, a little bit bitter, very clean on the front, and then uh, citrus hops comes back on the end. I, I kind of made it with a thought of a, a beer that I wanted to drink when I was sitting in a boat. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, it's that, that's cool. You could think of shit like that. that that's what I was shooting for. <laughs> so I didn't want it to be a shandy, no fruit. Just yeah. No this is the one I was drinking on New Year's when I was here. Okay. Very cool. Because I ordered the, I ordered cruise in Maine, and my wife ordered this, and she took one sip of the cruise in Maine, and I never got it back. <laughs> God, that cruise in Maine was something else. I couldn't believe it when I first drank that. I'm like. This is being made 15 minutes from where I live. <laughs> this is damn good. Yep. Yeah. Let's try the next one. Yeah, right. yeah I'm on to that one now. Yeah, let's yep. try to get on pace with that. Right. I'll drinking the hell out of us. We're, we're on to the Lubert Lager. This was, this was the first beer that was start to finish Aaron's beer. What, what is this? It's uh, Lubert Lager. Lubert Lager. So it's named after me. My last name is Lubert. So... Uh, the guys decided they needed to have my last name on there, which is, I was a little shy about that at first, but then, you know, what the hell, let her buck, that's going to be fun. you got an interesting last name, so, and, you know, yeah. L and L. Yeah. So, yep, so I, uh, this is one recipe I homebrewed uh, several times in the past, been tweaking it, I've always been a big Vienna lager fan, uh, a lot of the Vienna lagers out there, like uh, Shell's Firebrick, uh, really good beer. But uh, to me, it's just a little bit too much bite, a little too much bitter. And again, I live in Anheuser-Busch-like friend circle. And uh, I know none of my friends are going to like bitter beers and stuff like that. So, And then I want to make something that's uh, going to be more of a crowd pleaser. Something that's very easy to drink, very drinkable. Uh, it's not going to be extremely high alcohol by volume. So you can drink a couple of these and not feel like hell the next morning. <laughs> and... I just love how it turned out. I love the color. I love the, 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 the taste of it. Sick. It's got kind of a roasted flavor to it. Uh, a little, just a little bit of barley I threw in there, too, to add it to that roasted flavor. Uh, I'm pretty proud of this. This turned out yeah. fantastic. When yeah. you said it had a roasted flavor, I, yeah, yeah, that was, I'm like, what is that? Yep. When you said that, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Very low definitely. IBU, so not What is the up. ABV on this one? 4.2. What? 4.2. 4.2. So we're okay. pretty, this guy, I think it might be the lowest one on our rail, to be honest with you. Okay. So, Which is fine. I yeah. mean, ABV to me doesn't bother me. As long as it tastes good, I'm drinking it. I don't care if it's Same. 10% or first 3%. I'm so drinking it. That takes out one of my questions I was going to have for you guys tonight is the trend right now is low ABV or even non-alcoholic beers right now. What is your general take on that? Because, I mean, trends are trends, and that's the one right now, it seems like. I'm yep. all about if it tastes good. Yeah. Let's rock it. <laughs> you guys going to do a seltzer then? <laughs> I, oh, yeah. The dagger. 
the pain of the dagger. Coming. Up and coming. Yes. So There's one in the tank. There is no, a seltzer in one of them. So, yeah. Yeah, we've sold our soul. But the uh, we're kind of we're gonna kind of try to do a unique take on it. So in the coffee shop, ooh, ooh. milkshake seltzer. Yes, that's what it, that's what we were talking. Interesting. Corey wants to have Why a milkshake I, seltzer. I would experiment with something I have sold little Throw some lactose in. in that seltzer water. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, he's, he's thinking. Just for the you. Are turning. Yeah. So I mean, what can we do? Call yeah. it the so, Corey. So. <laughs> No. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll make anything quite Thank that bad. Thank you for just saying no. Yeah. No. Nope. I think we need to do. I think the next trend has to be savory beers. Like we talked about this before, the the beef bouillon beers and chicken gravy. <laughs> the, yep, make it taste like gravy. Yep. Okay, so go back Mashed to your potatoes. Seltzer. Someone else try that first. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that in a second maybe. <laughs> Sauerkraut. Yeah. Oh yeah. This guy gets it. Now, now he's talking. Tomato yeah. soup. So the seltzer, as much as I don't care for seltzer, uh, we got one of them going right now. But we're trying to do a little bit of a unique take on it. Most people flavor it in the keg and give it a flavor, and then they'll just sell one flavor of seltzer. But on a coffee shop side, you buy all your syrups, and you make your lattes, everything, you flavor them at the glass. So you can flavor a seltzer at the glass, and that's what we're going to try to do. That's like the European traditional way of doing the cask sours anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's how uh, Broad Brothers and Marshall does that with their with their sours. They flavor them. You buy the sour and they flavor it with syrup before they bring it over. Yep. So that's our plan to have a couple syrups similar to what you'd use in the coffee shop side and flavor it right at the glass. And so you're bringing out that generic, as Aaron calls it, it tastes like one of those crappy white claws. Yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> Well, that's, that's what it is. That plus a little bit of flavor, and <laughs> do you like? Uh, we're gonna give uh, it a whirl. Do you like seltzer water, like not the like like Lacroix? No, I can't stand it either. No, there's no, no. taste to it. Nope, it's, I'm not a big fan of it. It's disgusting. See, I love that stuff, but I hate the Gatorade or water. Spike like, that stuff. You know? Yeah. So I, I like water. Yeah, me too. Don't mess with water. Water's good with plain. <laughs> Don't need to add nothing to water. You can add barley and hops to it. Well, yeah. Now we're talking beer. <laughs> I mean, so, so this is, this is how my motto is: coffee, water. Beer, in that order. I go Diet Mountain Dew, water, beer. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, this if it works, I don't know if I've ever met a male over the age of 24 that likes those spike seltzers. Anyway, it's really like a college trend, I think. I I think if we probably tasted them, they would taste good, but I'm not gonna no, I take tried that one. chance. I tried one one time; it was awful. No, um, my white claw. She went through the a phase this summer, and she okay. ended it. She tried a lot of them. I would take a sip of every one of them. None of them are good. Not just White Claw. There's like 50 of them out there. You know, like. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I found the Fair yeah. State one buried in the back of my fridge this week. Still I forgot awful. I forgot I bought it. doesn't matter. Like, Fair State's a great brewery. doesn't matter that they made a seltzer. It's still a seltzer. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not just, like, a fanboy, you know. I just seen a yeah. sign on Clay's uh, liquor store. Uh, some other company's got, like, five different flavors of seltzer coming out, too. Well, it's selling, it's like, like Anheuser cats or something. and dogs. Yeah. yeah. Natty so Light it's trendy. does it. Yep, that's or, right. Uh, Natty Light. Natural uh, yep. Natterdays. Yeah, the Natterdays, they call it. So they took the the young approach, and I do like the names of their stuff. It's Natterdays, yep. and then it's like the Catalina Lime Mixer. 
fucking all Aloha beaches and they have funny flavors. Yep. <laughs> so what do you guys think is the next big trend in beers? I've I've got an honest what I really do think it is, I want to see what you guys say first. Oh my. What is next? That's hard. What is next big trend? I hope it's not seltzer because I'm oh. gonna Yep, that it's requires not. zero talents. We the, all think the same. That's yep. not. I think it's something that the brewery did down the road about three years ago, and now I'm seeing it more and more at other places I go. Does the it start IPL. with the B? Oh. The, the India Pale Lager. Yeah, I, I actually do. I, I really like the IPL. I, yeah. I love Citra Blanc. I, I've, been a, I've liked it since it came out, but I like Citra Hop, so it's... Hard to dislike. In the last three months, I bet I've been to half a dozen different breweries that have one on tap now, and you never saw anything other than the Citra Blanc before. So I think yeah. that's the next big trend that's coming. Yeah. We, we I'd be have good a, with that one. So the last big trend was the new England IPA, but I don't think that was a trend. I think that's a new normal. It's new normal now, but when it first came on, I know about, it was a trend. But yep. I mean, like milkshake IPAs came and went. But I don't think hazy IPAs are going to go anywhere. I they're think not going. They're here normal. to stay. Yep. Yeah, they're they delicious. Yeah. I remember when they first came out, I was totally opposed to them, offended. Like, really? Offended. You're making a beer cloudy? That's like a, not a good quality of a beer to have a cloudy uh, beer. That's Get my favorite. Yeah, this is stupid. And then, well, I started drinking them, so, yep, I guess I joined them. They're amazing. Yep, I agree. Now I, I like them. a good West Coast IPA, too. I like, I like them both. Yep. But they're both good. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I don't think the hazes the haze are going to leave at all. I think it takes some of the best features of hops and features them. And it just highlights why why beer people love hops. So I think it's going to be hard to get rid of it. It's fun with hazies, too. A lot of times you guys are throwing in five different variations of hops if you want to. And it all hits you differently, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, we're going to get to that one here shortly. But before we do that, we should probably try another beer. Yep. Cheers, buddy. All right. I think I assume we're on the saison, right? That's definitely a saison. Yep. So, so, would you guys be? A lot of people build off of this. Would you guys ever? Are you opposed to sours or anything like that? I'm not opposed to sours. Um, I'm a little hesitant about the sour area because we got Star Killer just up the road. Right. And they do a fantastic job of I making think sours. I think the country, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're doing it the right way. To me, the kettle sour, no, while well, we be doing a kettle sour, they're, doing, they're barrel sours. They're aging for six months. They got wooden barrels. They're doing the absolute right way. And the Berliner me, style, right? The Berliner style of sours. Yeah. So yep. Okay, but, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a good kettle sour, though. I've had quite a few that have blown me away. I mean, you dump enough sugar and fruit on top of it, it's going to taste pretty good. Or, right. or uh, uh, sour IPAs. Seriously? Yeah, we do that. Yeah, we've had them. Yeah, Untitled we, Art. Oh, and um, Talking Drek- Waters. And doesn't Drecker make a sour IPA? Yeah, you're right. Drecker does too, yep. So yeah. you guys could do that kind of version? Yeah, I haven't. I agree. So we haven't really discussed it. The cool thing about this uh, three-barrel system is uh, we can throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks and not have a whole bunch of uh, time and money invested into it. I'm still True. amazed that your system's so small and you're constantly having more than... Five beers on tap is amazing, let alone you have 11 tonight. Yeah, I know it's, it's rotating, but that's amazing. Yeah, it's partly with a smaller system like that, 
the numbers are the easy part. I mean, because we can churn out a different beer every time. When we make a beer, we only make six kegs of it. So we're not we're not making 20 barrels where we got a couple grand invested in it. You know, if we make one that's terrible and it goes down the drain, well, it goes down the drain. But fortunately, we haven't run into that yet. I mean, you get hopefully, you know, if we're doing this right, we should be able to predict a little bit. But with uh, Aaron and I are both hesitant on on sours because we've never done them even at a home brewing level. So it, we kind of talked about it last night. Actually, it's like. That might be one that we try to pull out on a on a collaboration at yeah. some point with somebody who's experienced in sours and and uh, work with work with a fellow brewer that way to, to make oh, sure man. we produce imagine a product a, that we're proud of. Imagine a sleepy eye talking waters collaboration beer. How good that would be. <laughs> be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're aboard. You know? uh, who? Yeah, talking waters, Montevideo, Minnesota. Never had it. They pump out so many good sours, it's it's unreal. Um, they do lots of other good hazies and things like that, too. But, uh, yeah, they're fairly close. What are they, hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes? I mean, it, it's a similar vibe in there to right. this. I have not been there. I've but they're, you know, same there. size I've never been there either. I yep. get their you know, stuff in stores in the I've been up there the a couple metro. times. It's a good spot. They self-distribute a van, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I haven't been, I haven't tried anything Talking Waters or yeah. been to Talking Waters yet. I'd love to get there. Come to think of it, no, I haven't actually bought anything in stores. We had listener Alan would always hook us up. We have a listener that lives in where it is. He'll pick stuff up, and then he'll come home and visit his parents and, like, leave, a, like, a package on my front step. They kind of got a co-op system How, how do you meet someone like that? And they're, they're beer <laughs> members or whatever, so, so he always gets the hookup over there. But Yeah. I don't know why I said he'd get it in the Metro. I don't get it in the Metro. I watch them deliver it on Instagram. That's what <laughs> So the Saison here, uh, this is really cool for the mark. Uh, if you think of a farm girl out of Liftbridge. That's exactly what I thought about. I didn't want to offend you. That No. That, yeah. uh, they, uh, farm is girl Liftbridge makes a excellent Saison. I love their Saison. And first time I took a sip of this, like, ding, there's is that, farm girl. Is that the club standard for, like, this is what a perfect Saison is, is farm girl? Or... That's exactly what, what it tastes like. What makes it taste that way? Cloves? So it, Ginger? It's, <laughs> no. Let's take this one. My department, yeah. Yep. yeah. So Saison's are really interesting because all this, all the kind of weird fruity flavors that you get, those are actually esters created by the yeast. So there's nothing in the grain bill and in the hops that give it that banana flavor. There's no fruit in this whatsoever. It all comes from the yeast. So when we brew it, it it's like kind of a very boring grain and hop bill. You, you don't get excited about it at all, but you throw in this yeast that, that throws off a ton of fruity esters. It's just a ton of byproducts. Uh, basically, it'd be like an inefficient engine. It throws off a ton of, uh, of exhaust, so to speak, and that's what gives it all, its, all of its flavors. Um, it's just it, it's a unique flavor, a unique yeast, and, and we brew it a little bit hotter, um, uh, or just, I shouldn't say hot, or a little bit on the warmer side, uh, just to kind of let that yeast go a little faster than it maybe ought to, to help throw off a few more of those esters. And that, like the banana, the banana type flavor you get, kind of, if you taste a little bit of banana at the finish, that's all from the yeast. I, uh, I, I don't taste much banana. <laughs> <laughs> Is there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, as long as it tastes like it should. It's been banana a lot in the last yeah. couple of minutes, so I, I if, just had uh, to say that. I'm just giving you crap. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, uh, 
another uh, beer style that brings out banana flavors, like a nut brown as well. That brings out yeah. more banana flavor. Uh, but yeah, from a saison, very clean. This uh, this beer is awesome. I first time I brewed, I was like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of saison. And I taste like, oh my god, there it is. <laughs> yep. This is kind of the one that we use to sort of push all of our light beer drinkers over the edge and get them to dabble in some new stuff uh, with with you know heavier hop beers and things like that. Uh, they'll try this one, which is a good stepping off point. And from there, they'll kind of branch out and and kind of experiment with some beers got, that, that I love. You got to think, though, too, that your, your hazy is going to be easier to push on someone than your standard IPA, right? Yes, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, the, yeah our, our cruising man and our, our rip and rye. They're real. They're a little tough if you've never, ever had an yep. IPA before. Yep. You're but not, they're delicious. Yep. You're not going to tie into it and say, man, this is fantastic if you're used to any of the light beers. Uh, you're just not. So the Saison's a great jumping off point. Maybe from there we can get them to the hazy and, and keep going from there. Yeah. Well, let's keep going. All right. I think from the ha- the hazy, we get to the uh, seasonal disorder. So my favorite thing about this is, um, just for the listeners, they laid out a flight. Like, they just straight up brought up, like, full glasses of beer for us, like, filled them halfway. And they're just looking at the color of them, and they're like, oh, this one is seasonal disorder. <laughs> There's no name on it or anything like that. You guys have been around these beers a while. <laughs> yeah. So this is our biggest beer yet. Uh, the grain bill, boy, I think you're pushing 300 pounds on it. Which one is this one? The seasonal disorder. Seasonal, yep. What did you just say on that? This is our biggest beer yet. Okay. Like full body? Yep. Yeah, well, yep, well, body-wise, full, grain full body. bill, yep. uh, okay. ABV. Yeah, this is the biggest beer we made yet. So, this is almost as big as we can get. The rake was just about dragging the top of the grain bed mm-hmm. uh, as it settled it in. Okay. Uh, and, this, these are actually uh, two beers back to back that were designed by Judd uh, that we talked about. These are the, these are the two beers that he kind of highlighted. Um, he's I talked about him a little earlier. He's one of the owners and he's the electrician. Everything that's a wire and or electronic in here, it's his doing. All the mechanical stuff he's been in charge of. Uh, I mean, without without Judd, this place doesn't happen. That that so guy's when that got shit a, breaks down. You yeah. yell at him, huh? Oh, exactly. <laughs> we're running on uh, battery tonight. We're not risking it. Yeah. What's got, that? I said, we're running on battery tonight. We're not risking it. Okay. No. <laughs> well, well, I think yeah. that's what, you know. I'm just kidding. He's kind of like the Energizer Bunny. that own it. There's five owners. Five. Yep, yep. And you all kind of come from different day jobs that all kind of feed in, into, the, into this mix differently where you can bring your strengths to it to make a good team. Yep. Yeah, that's been that's been a huge part of I think us being able to get open and our success. Uh, Dan and Blair are both financial advisors. You know, they're very good at uh, the regulatory stuff, the financial stuff, taking care of that. Uh, Dan has taken on all the merchandise for us. Blair has done all of the the licensing, beer registration, all that. He's kind of been in charge of. And Judd is an endless motor. I don't know how that guy does it, but. So the he's, one that's in charge of like financials and stuff like that is he a craft beer drinker? So, because that's a huge thing. If you're like, we need more of these hops, and he's telling you no. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So, uh, because because of their occupation, they, they can help us make sure we're doing the financial stuff. 
correctly, but they're not in charge of any finances, um, and, and they can't be, um, just based on their occupation and, and making sure they're not getting in any trouble with their real jobs. Yep. So, so they can help look at projections and say this is going to be a bad idea. Um, but as far as the finance stuff, uh, a few of us other guys take that on and 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 kind of run with it. Um, but yeah, one of Dan, he's the biggest. I mean, literally, if we break ten in IBUs, God, it tastes a little bit too bitter. Like, <laughs> just right away, it's 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 really funny. But it's a great it's great for us to have an owner like that because there's a lot of people that are just like him, and I can't relate to it at all. Uh, but he helps us. It's like it's a gauge. Here, taste this, Dan. What do you think? Uh, he says it's good. It sells like crazy in Brown County. Bud Light, I just checked it on an untapped. Six IBU. Yep, that's <laughs> that's the hot zone for Dan. <laughs> and then the crazy thing about him, the guy loves stouts. Like he loves root beer stouts, milk stouts, coffee stouts. That's where he Corey and I started on craft beer. With milk stouts. stout was the first craft beer that I started drinking. Yep, Dan. Dan was the uh, Dan developed actually the original recipe for our milk stout. Uh, he put it together, and then, you know, he kind of turned over, and we kind of played with it a little bit and refined it a little bit. But, but he was—he adamantly wanted a milk stout, and he he did all the research and came up with the grains, and and so it's it's really his beer. And we've said from day one too, we're like, if they don't have a coffee stout at a, with their when there's a coffee shop <laughs> yeah. literally 30 feet from the taps, yeah. Co- coffee's <laughs> expensive, man. I, I just thought the collaboration just seems so. Course. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the reason there's a reason why we're out of it because it was fantastic. Yeah, it, it uh, you like, and I had that last weekend, Adam. Yes, the wide awake. Yeah, that's yeah. damn good. Much, otherwise, they would all be like the uh, the white stout that we had that was made with decaf coffee. It was. Oh, that white stout. Casper's white stout. We had a couple of white stouts. Both Horchata. the white stouts we had were all made with decaf coffee. That's why they're called white stouts. That's, that's somehow that has something to do with how they get the color they get. Don't okay. ask me. Ask the science guy. Science. So the white stout is a favorite uh, caliber of mine too. Uh, I would love to venture down that path someday too. I mean, there's a bunch you're of gonna, ideas we got going here. You're uh, gonna do it. You're gonna uh, make yeah. a white stout. I would love to try it. Uh, I'm always interested in trying something different. So yeah. you, you yeah, could we'll try a sour, a kettle sour. We probably will do that. Yep. So <laughs> You're like, who's this guy? Shut up. Aaron, Aaron's the art guy. Like, it is. We're, we're, we're funny because we're very much like completely opposite but complementary kind of brewers. Yeah. And Aaron's the, you know, when I'm making this beer, I get water from here. When I'm making this beer, I get water from here. When I'm making this beer, I get water from over here. And I'm the guy like, well, how many parts per million is it? And... <laughs> Uh, so uh, we we kind of match up that way. So he's got all these different beers he's tried as a home brewer, and he throws a recipe together, and then it's kind of my job to go and do the chemistry behind the scenes to, to make sure we're up to where we want to be at professional standards as far as just water quality and where we're starting from and getting our balance IBUs and, and all of our gravity is exactly where we want to hit, hitting our pH. Uh, so we've kind of been really a, a complementary match that way that brings so me to a question you keep talking about water i assume that you're not using sleepy eye tap water 
there is yeah, one type are. of beer that you can make with Sleepy Eye tap water, and that's a stout, and that's it. So do so you have water trucked at, like, a tank? No, nope. we have uh, Or do you have a filtration we system? We have a roughly $14,000 RO system. Okay. So Reverse we strip. Muscles, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to do this. We Thank strip you, everything out of the water, uh, and then we add back. Okay. So, uh, and that, that's my department. So... I, and that's the best way to do it, too. Everything I've read about brewing, start with RO water, add everything back to it. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that way we, can, we hit our pHs. Uh, we hit all of our parts per million on different ion concentrations and cation concentrations and, and hit where we want to be. And it's so Could much you? fun brewing, too. Uh, when you uh, look at your estimated or your uh, projected uh, marks and you start taking measurements, whether it's gravity or pH, like, boom, right on, spot on. It is... Very cool. It all matches. You guys are completely cheating going to the hazy. It is hazy time. <laughs> you can't. You all can't right. just walk into the hazy. What so we got to finish the seasonal disorder. Yes. So the seasonal disorder. We're out of order though too. No, you cheaters. That's that's just that's jumping the gun, man. You gotta hold on. <laughs> so the story behind the seasonal disorder. Like I can tell you, this is Judd's beer, and we made it. We wanted to make it kind of a sessional IPA. Is how we started, and we started making it, and it's got, he wanted to have a little bit of a darker color to it with some bitterness, but it completely, like, mellowed out the bitterness, and so it tasted really smooth, and we're like, man, this does not taste like an IPA. I'm like, what do we do with this? Do we, do we try to do something from here, and I'm like, ah, you can't do that. That isn't going to work. I'm like, to me, it's a pale ale. It does look like an IPA. Yeah. So we completely, we're like, all right, we found a recipe for our pale ale, um, and we stuck with it. And it's, it, uh, looking back on the recipe and the water profile, it, it actually makes more sense as a pale ale than an IPA, so that's kind of where we settled out. Yeah, the hops really uh, hid behind uh, the malt in this one. Uh, they're still there, just not uh, forward on hops. Uh, Still a good beer. It was very good. Nice. Fantastic. Went down easy too. Getting back to the water, does, does anybody, does any brewery ever just take regular tap water and make beer out of it? You got to be in the right area geographically. That? You got to be in the right area geographically. Oh, that can happen. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Like there's so many breweries around Lake Superior because that water is great for brewing. So I, th- I think they can get away without without treating a ton of their water and without filtering a ton of their water. So you just got to hit certain numbers. The biggest thing that we can't overcome here is our hardness. Our water is very hard uh, around this area, and, and there's no escaping that. There's no good way of getting rid of it. You just got to take it out. Well, Ham's comes from the land of sky blue waters. Wasn't it Ham's true. that did that? Yes, that was our old slogan? Yes. Well, that's the, yep. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you tie into spring water... Or if you tie into like uh, Lake Superior type uh, city water, you're you're golden. Yeah, that we're... wasn't going to happen here. Our groundwater is uh, not designed for brewing literally anything but a stout. Okay. And I'm a firm believer, it, you have to have good water to have good beer. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Great water makes great beer. If you don't have great water, you're going to make you still make beer, but it's going to be a mediocre beer. You're going to lack some other uh, flavor profiles it could be very one-dimensional if it's too hard 
Uh, you're just gonna, for example, a stout. Uh, if it's very hard water, you may just pick up uh, one of the malts, like a chocolate or a roasted barley. Uh, versus if you uh, treat your water, now you can bring out more dimensions. So with like stouts, now you got some lactose, you got some chocolate, you got some roasted barley in there, you got your uh, base malts. Now you start to combine those and pick up those different profiles with uh, good got water. It. That makes really a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I've never even thought of that. With this stuff. I thought you just needed like high quality ingredients going in. No, I never even thought of water. That, you know, number one ingredient. Yep. Yep. We we felt that way initially, like home brewing initially. Like, ah, water's gonna be fine. Water's gonna be fine. You we could not hit a number that we predicted until we started treating water. So it changed everything for us. And the the, the beauty of that is that's right up my alley. I mean, I I was a biochemistry major in college, so. I love that stuff. Awesome. Uh, that got me a little more interested. So, uh, <laughs> well, you look at him, you're like, here he goes again. He just had to let that out. So, the yin and yang, we come together. <laughs> With <Yeah>. the science <laughs> stuff. So you said yeah. you were art school or something? Or no, you were, the, I, you were the art guy? Is oh, no, no. I'm the guy? artist of the brewing side. Oh. He's a little more of the, create, the creative yeah. side. Yeah. I like to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, gotcha. He's the guy that's going to want to throw 40 pounds of fruit in something one day. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I got ideas. <laughs> All right. Now I'll let you guys touch the hazy. Is that what we're going to next? Yep. Yep. Is there uh, any left? Because right after this, I'm ordering a big old tall boy. How much? How did you come up with this name? Ten, ten at two. I'm going to let you describe that one. So I got a lot of people looking at me now. So do you, does 10 at 2 ring a bell to anything with you guys? Might be a golf. Nope. It might be a golf thing. Chicago. It's not a golf thing. I can <laughs> tell you that right beer now. Beer goggles. No, yeah. I got nothing. Think beer goggles is, for, is very accurate. Okay, it makes sense. Shit. She's a 10 at 2, <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yes. So, so I, I was actually sitting up at night. The, the night we came up with the recipe. You're my 10 at 2. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, what, what is hazy to me? And it's, it's like, I don't know. I know I, everything last night was a little hazy. Hazy enough where she became a 10 at 2. And you guys the officially name just, from. you've taken over as my favorite beer name of all time with that story. <laughs> <laughs> But now you need to do a double, so you get one that's a 10.2 percent. Get you there in a hurry. Call that one a 10 at 10. Right. <laughs> oh my God, that one, that one's outstanding. That is a super good beer, though. They've all been great, but yeah, that's my style. That's my wheelhouse. That, that's your. So, taste the uh, taste the hazy and the cruising main side by side. So is cruising main the next one in line? Yep. 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 And Cruising Maine was the best IPA I'd had last week. Oh, they normally don't pair well going from Smooth. hazy to a traditional bitter AF yeah. beer. They, that's that's intentional. Is it? So, yes. Oh, my God. We talked this about this awesome. when we were here last time. It, your IPA is got the bitterness but it's still smooth to it it's, it's very it's highly drinkable even to someone that's never had an ipa it's the water. they're like it could be you know it's not a it's not a punch in the mouth 
hoppy. It's 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 hoppy, but it's not. You don't get you don't so, get what the word is so that I'm looking for. You don't get the IBUs like you do with your traditional IPA. So traditional IBAs IPAs are going to range right around that 50 all the way up to 100 IBUs. Yeah. Um, where this one here is hardly any IBUs in it. Um, because through hardly any hops in the boiling process, it brings out the IBUs. So all the flavor comes out in the whirlpool and the dry hopping, where we basically just throw all the aroma at it and the flavor. So okay. you're, basi- you're tasting the true, uh, I mean, there's different oils in the hops. Uh, you're tasting uh, distinct flavors that are coming out of the hops on uh, the flame outs versus the bittering units. So it's a really cool beer from that aspect. Not bitter, but very flavorful. So what are what what is the IBUs in it then? Do you know? So we're we're sitting about. I'd have to double check on on. We figured it out before we registered it. But we're sitting at about forty one on the cruising main IB uh, the cruising main IPA. So it's a very like sessionable IPA, and the uh, the hazy is about twenty five. Wow. Uh, I would guess. I think that's okay. Like I said, I did the math the other night when we got them registered. I don't exactly remember what it is. Do you feel like, though, because Cruz and Maine tasted differently last week because they hadn't just had a hazy before that, Yep. do you feel like people might get robbed of the experience if they drink it in the wrong order? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, on its own, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not getting uh I'm not tasting as much of the. You know, there was there's some bitterness to it. There is. Yep. I mean, there is. And now I, I don't taste any bitterness to it now because I, that hazy is so fresh in my palate. Yep. So you were talking about registering. And yep. I mean, I think everybody knows that there's a lot of licensing and regulations and everything when it comes to opening a brewery and and doing craft beer. So every individual beer does it require more paperwork, or is it kind of once you're a brewery you can does it get a little easier? Yep. So every beer is licensed by name. So every beer you sell, you register it with the state, and that's what you can sell. And and Blair, one of our financial guys, actually takes care of all this. So if I make any mistakes, it's because he does it for us. We give him the information. <laughs> he takes care of it. Um, but essentially what it is, you pay a certain fee to register every beer. So anything that you're going to sell under a new name has to be registered. If you flavor, sorry, cream ale... If we put peaches in some kegs, strawberry in the others, it's three different beers. So it's a regular sleepy eye cream, peaches and cream, strawberry and cream. All three are registered independently. The uh, the one caveat to that is if you flavor at the glass, you don't have to do that. So with the seltzer, you can register a seltzer, flavor at the glass. You don't have to register every single beer. It's like a bar throwing a lime in their cocktail. Exactly. Correct. So yep. when you do that, do you have to... You send all that information to the state, and do you have to wait and get the okay from them before you start selling? No, no, it's a registration yep. process. Okay. Once, basically, once they get their fee, once it's registered, you're good to go. You yep. have no approval yep. or anything. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like they look it's at it. I all mean, about money. Yeah, you don't send them a red. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yep. yeah, they're collecting their yep. their portion of what they get, and yep. that's that's it. Now you can you can edit those registrations. So if if our cruising man changes from you know, 5.2% alcohol to 5% alcohol. You can go in and you can edit that, and it's a lower fee. Uh, so you can make little tiny tweaks and edit. But for so the, the most higher part, the ABV, the higher the fee? When you register it, I believe you register 
the name, the style, the IBUs, and the ABV. Something along those lines. Like I said, Blair, Blair takes care of that for us. When you rebrew it, you got to stay within that ABV as well. Otherwise, you have to re-register as well. Okay. Yeah. okay. And, and it, it's like, it's roughly 45 bucks or something to register a beer. If you edit it, it's like five. So, so Okay. And, you know, we don't want to change. We don't want any of our beers to change dramatically. We want to... Uh, obviously strive for consistency if somebody comes in and they have a great hazy we want it to be the same great hazy every time yes. if it's a 10 at 2 it's a 10 at 2 yep. so 45 bucks that's nothing crazy so they're encouraging small breweries and all that yeah. the state is yeah. now if sense. you only do 6 kegs of it uh, you know you with all the taxes that combine it's not a great investment well, I mean you only yeah. want to name so like, you only want to name so many beers to some degree um, but yeah it's not it's not an astronomical fee. So you guys got eleven beers now. How many taps do you have down there? So we, our tap tower is 12, 12. 12 taps, but we're always going to keep nineteen nineteen uh, on tap. Okay. So we have room for eleven. Uh, Family vibe going, yeah. Right? Yep, yeah. I mean, we want to have that, and we want to have a few soda bottled sodas available. Um, Are you going to do, be dog friendly? We cannot. Okay. Uh, because of the food. Because of the food. Yep. Just yep. Because we have the, the coffee Sorry, shop Rory. here. We can't. So do you guys plan on having, say, like four or five flagships and then kind of changing up the other stuff? Yeah. Or, or, yeah. yeah. A- absolutely. I, I mean, I think I think we're always going to have a cream ale. We're always going to have the, the Kolsch. Possibly the uh, Drunk Uncle will always be there. Um, our Saison is always going to be on tap. And we'll probably keep – we haven't picked what's going to be our staple IPA, but that will probably be there. The Hades will probably IPA, always though. be there. Okay, that's good. I, I think the, so there will be the an customers IP, are going to help determine some of that, though. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, they're going to tell us what they like, and we're going to have to keep those as staples, flagships. Well, let's yep. use our speaker box here as um, customers, future customers. I we- can't hear what you're saying, dude. I can't hear you. Okay. We said- sat next to the noisiest fucking table all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said let's use our speaker box here as... Um, Let's tell everybody who comes in here, we want IPAs and hazies. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there's no argument for me. I, I'm slightly a hophead. I can honestly say I don't degrees. know if I have a favorite style anymore. Because now I, when I go into places, I just I, I want to try everything. I'm you with appreciate, you. Once you know the styles, you really appreciate what right. you're drinking. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I used to be like, nah, just IPAs. And then I was like, oh, maybe I only like sours now. And not, like, no. I even I came around to stouts and I don't even like coffee. I know. So you were talking about I haven't tried your coffee stout yet, but if they're gonna have if you guys would sell a tiramisu with that coffee stout, that to me is my a number one pairing in the world of anything is tiramisu and a coffee stout, and I'm <laughs> the happiest dude in the world. I'll, I'll have to work on our, our the people who run our coffee shops. Work she on that. Come up with something. Work she, on that for she's me. She's a tremendously talented baker, so so yeah. I think she could probably pull it off. I see. Last week, is she used some of that Lubert Lager to braise that brisket, so I could see a collaboration coming up there. That'd be a lot of fun. She did that, <laughs> and she marinated some. I think she made Rubens using meat that was marinated in Lubert Lager yep, as well. I saw yep, that, with that the was the brisket. Beef, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. I saw that on on, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, well, right. I, I didn't even get to escape and try it, but I'm sure it was good. Everything I'm, I'm that comes out of that coffee sell. shop is amazing. Uh, yeah, she does she does a remarkable job, and she keeps bringing up new kind of fresh sandwiches. 
every week to try to keep things interesting. And it's a small menu, but hopefully a good menu. So are you open? Is the coffee side open for lunch then yes. too? So people that work in town can. Yep, it's a it's yeah, a soup have, and sandwich for yeah. lunch. We have uh, local listeners like get, break down your hours for both businesses. Yes. So the coffee shops open. Uh, we're closed Monday, so that's that's actually been probably the biggest complaint I've got is why are you not open on Monday? And we're working on that. Uh, Can I, we I hope, have a day off? Yes. Yeah. 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 Monday sucks. It's, so it's a balance between. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of meeting the needs and 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 making life tolerable for uh, those running it. So uh, we're closed Monday, but Tuesday, Tuesday through Friday, it's six thirty in the morning until five at night for the coffee shop. The brewery is open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, they open at four in the afternoon. Uh, it's ten p.m. Wednesday, Thursday, eleven p.m. Friday, Saturday for the brewery is eleven to eleven. Uh, the coffee shop is 9 to whatever. I should know it. 9 to 2. <laughs> we got beer and listeners. Sunday is roughly uh, 10 o'clock until 2 o'clock. And uh, is the brewery open on Sunday? The brewery is open on Sunday. It's going to open at about 11 o'clock and close at roughly 4, depending probably on Vikings games. That's, um, that's actually a really big deal, being open, just a place where you can go and get a beer on a Sunday. And this this proximity is it's a big deal like our bar shut down for the most part in springfield does does the coffee shop serve like a little breakfast or something in the morning so it mostly has kind of pastry so scones cinnamon rolls okay um stuff like that Uh, every now and then we do something a little more because you know when you you know you spend the night you know drinking sleepy eye brewery you know beers you wake up the next morning you need a good breakfast Yep. Some coffee, so you go. Yep. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm envisioning like next year down the road, we're gonna get a room right down there. We're gonna grab like three growlers as you guys are closing. Just keep chugging them all night, and then come in the next day for breakfast. There's there's a uh, there's an Airbnb right next door. Oh, nice. And and we have the American on the edge of town that's completely remodeled in the last couple of years. It's a great place to stay as well. So. So where's the Airbnb? The Airbnb is literally right next door. No kidding. We'll find it. Well, it's it's one building down. So there's you a hair salon. They, I, <laughs> no they comment. Said, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I wish you were from Springfield. <laughs> no, I got to say, the only, I mean, the whole coffee and beer thing together to me is awesome because... You're using the space. You're getting twice as much use out of the space as opposed to that, you know, during the day, if it was just the brewery, it'd be sitting empty. Yep. But now you're getting people in the door more hours during the day. To me, where I live and with my job, I the only thing I like more than craft beer is good coffee. Now, no, I probably like the beer more. <laughs> the next best thing is coffee. and so. But I hate, you know, like the gas station coffee around here is... Oh, piss poor. Yes. So when this place opened, now I go to the cities like two times a week, and I stop in here and grab a coffee on my way to, to the city so I don't have to wait until I get closer to you know, find a decent coffee place. It's yep. pretty cool when uh, I'm up here brewing, and uh, when they're first opening up the stocky stuffers for the can crawlers, 10 o'clock in the morning, there's a line outside already. Doors open up, 
immediately there's a line for them to fill up the crawlers or grab crawlers, and then they get the crawlers filled, they jump over to the coffee line, and then the people that are in the coffee line are like, oh, we're selling beer over there. Well, let's go grab some beers and bring that home. I mean, yeah, I think they really do complement each other very well. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah, it's, genius. It's, it's quality on both sides, and it's brewing at its best on both sides. When we started it, when we ended up purchasing the building, like I said, it started with this, the little brewing idea, and then we were like, oh, would it be nice to have a coffee shop? And we're like, maybe if we redo a space, if we have them both in there, we might be able to make it work. Uh, and that's really how it, it kind of developed from there. And the, There's three things that my wife and I really miss from living in bigger cities, and it was coffee shops, breweries, and restaurants. And we're like, well, we can tackle two of those. And so hopefully we... So you grew up in Sleepy Eye, I think yep, you said, yeah. right? Yeah, I grew up here. We moved here right before I started kindergarten. So I, I was a St. Mary's grad. I think we moved here in 1987. My family's been here ever since. I've had many battles with Springfield. Uh, Me too. So, I went to Red Rock. Did, so we've had many battles with you as well. Uh, some victorious, some not so much. But... And I, I lived in college. I lived with a few Springfield natives. Uh, so I got to know some of that crew well, as, uh, including one of your uh, former guests two shows ago. Oh, so, Joe. Joe. Joe, yes. The, le- the legendary Joe. The legendary Joe. Is that what you guys call him? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. Uh, we actually referred to him as the, the Brothers Holman. Oh, that, that's a good name. Uh, So, next up, looks like the strawberry one, huh? Are you guys, uh, have you guys made it through the cruise in Maine? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, I like the cruise in Maine. That was the that, one I, I was drinking that one the other night, too. That's awesome. Awesome oh, We skipped idea. that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you kind of, uh, we, we talked well, about a little bit. you kind of pushed it on us when we were drinking the hazy. Yeah, so I, the cruise in IPA, so, yeah. I, I had that here when we came here on opening yeah. day. That, yeah. So, you need about awesome. The hazy and the cruise in Maine, with the exception of a very mild. Basically, I changed from two row to Pilsner uh, in the hazy, but other than that, they're very similar, very similar like malt profiles, and the exact same hops. They're just added in different order. So, different order, and there's there's more bittering hops in the actual IPA uh, than in the hazy, but it uses a lot of the same ingredients. It, it, for, it serves two purposes. It makes it easier for us to have the hops on hand, and it, the beers actually will pair together, uh, and they taste really good together. No, they really do. Well, I think, like you said about that cruise in Maine being smooth, the one thing is, is it doesn't have the pininess that a normal IPA no. has, no, it's, which to me makes it more sessionable and that, easier to enjoy. That's all with the hop selection, because yeah. there are some hops that are very piney in flavor. There are some hops that are very citrus in flavor. Uh, so yeah, it's all with the hops. Yeah. And we, it has. What, it, what are it, you guys big fans of as far as hops go? Like what I'll varieties let, do you guys like to brew with? Yeah, I'll well, let Aaron go first. On I this got one. appreciation for both sides, uh, the Citra Mosaic, and I think uh, Adam would agree with me on that one. They're one of my favorites. Uh, but also, I gravitate towards more of the uh, the piney flavor ones, like the Cascade and Centennial hops. The very uh, piney, uh, very crispy, dry ones. Uh, I also gravitate more to that one. So I like it on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. If I know what I'm what I'm getting, 
uh, I know what to expect. Um, if you combine the two together, it's like, uh, this is not a good combo. Uh, you you got to go one way or the other. Yeah. So yeah. that's my two different styles, uh, like the West Coast style versus European hops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I love Citra Mosaic hops, but probably my kind of sneaky favorite out of the Citra hops is the Eldorado hops. I don't know why, but I absolutely love them. Uh, they're probably they're probably my favorite hop uh, of the, that citrusy family. If we get more in kind of the German hops with the Sez hop or the Haller Tower hop, um, if I get to that that family like the uh, the Crazy Aunt, we'll use more of those uh, that kind of German, uh, a little bit more kind of noble hop uh, family type hops. So I really go back and forth, but. I like the citrusy hops in my IPAs. I tend to like the citrusy IPAs a lot more than the earthy IPAs. Yep. And when it when it comes down to it, like we're not we're not home brewers by any stretch, but um, cans often say what you're drinking, like what hops we're using, all that. That makes us like I don't know. We've picked up on that over the last couple of years, like just kind of liking hop varieties. And I know what you're saying when like when you're saying mosaic, I'm like yeah, I'm a big fan of mosaic. Every IPA I've had that's had mosaic is great. Yeah. Or like like the Toppling Goliath, like, what was it, the King's, or no, the Pseudo Sioux Mosaic Edition, the Galaxy Hop Edition. Yeah. Yeah. They were all like, wow, these are all really good variations. Yeah. Have you guys, uh, uh, Strata Hops. Have you guys heard of that? <laughs> I've heard of them, yes. Yes, <laughs> you uh, this barley show. This makes you me laugh. You were in that. <laughs> so, it was awesome. So, so you guys want a beer named after Springfield? Right. Using that random hop might have to be the one. Yeah. Oh, if, if I, you're gonna do a Pilsner podcast, like or, or collectively. Oh, sorry, Springfield, but like collectively, that's a, it's Strata. That's a really good idea. All right. Well, we'll so, uh, we'll let you guys know, and you can bring you guys can come in and help brew it. I mean, I mean, that's the beer you could call Corey, and I wouldn't complain. <laughs> As opposed to the seltzer, don't call it Corey. If it's going to be good, don't call it Corey. Yeah. So I got it. I got a spirit bowl, and then Spear State made Strata, just a straight up Strata IPA, or is it a hazy? It was a hazy. Yeah. Okay. And we love that beer. And there's something about that Strata hop and the taste that it gives. And you had we just wanted to share. I just wanted to share my. Six oh eight Wisconsin made Strata I got a, gem. Yes, Strata a, gem. Elevate made a Strata swerve. That yes. One, everything was Strata. Is like it's next level. I wish that was like an easy to find hop. Yes. I, I actually looked for it. I, I ordered hop a, a whole. I put in a big hop order right after I talked to you guys, oh. and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I got to find these guys some Strata hops yeah. or Strata hops, however you say it. I, yeah. I haven't had many beers with it. I couldn't find those anywhere. There, anywhere Ooh. that I could find them, they're sold out. So that's what we find. That's what we hear. Uh, like, yeah. It's the hardest. Uh, well, if only we knew a farmer that would maybe start growing some hops. Uh, can't, Pacific Northwest. Can't. It's got to be. Well, Adam could buy some land in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I, I think it sounds like a great idea. I'd be glad to make it. Oh, that was him. Yeah. What? what? I was thinking of. Yeah, what? I know it. To Adam. I, I'm, I'm happy with him spending what? money. Yeah. Oh, a running joke because always Adam will do it. Yeah, Adam will buy it. Yeah, I, Adam yeah. Will pay for yeah. That. any other Adam who spends money other than me, I'm good with. He's the rich farmer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, who else has Under Armour? Yeah. So if it's, <laughs> and tattoos from a shop that he bought. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, 
if it's good and from Springfield, though, what are we going to name it? That's going to be the hard part. Yeah, for you, that's going to be the hard part. It's going to be tough, yeah. <laughs> I would love to play around with some strata hops. I think it would be a lot of fun. Oh. Um, I'd have to stick my nose in that bag to uh, help me determine how to, what style to make it work with. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would love to uh, experiment around with them. Because it just went... It just got its name, what, two years ago? Yeah, because it was an experimental hop. Yeah, it was experimental, like 331 or something yeah, like the that. First, the first I'm year of Spirit Follow, it just had a number. Mm-hmm. I have the that second can year still. that had the name, yeah. Yeah. You should drop some Spirit Fall off here instead of giving it to us. Let them know, like, how great, you know, Strata Hop is. I think they're doing better things than Spare State. No, I'm just saying. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You're an excellent liar. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. You guys were saying you haven't had much with the Strata Hop. No, I, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I never yeah. brewed with it either, so. Okay, that's what I mean as far as consuming it. Yep. Then you know, like, yeah. well, we've had a taste. Now we're a lot hungrier. Now, now we're hooked, yeah. Now they'll be, then they'll be hunting it down. Uh, that'll get us back to the how in the world do I name something good that came from Springfield. Right? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, agreed. I we don't used know to go to Springfield and fight them for stealing our women. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that just shows small town typically too. Like my wife, yeah. well, my wife went to Springfield School, but she lives in Sanborn, so she's half good. I mean, she's Whoa. fantastic. <laughs> let's drink this other beer. Let's, let's hurry up. All right, all right. I think we're on to the, uh, the strawberries. strawberries and cream. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate seeing somebody other than me get flicked off by their spouse. I'll tell you later. It's all good. All right, I like this next beer. Yeah, it was really good. This is super good. What? All right, it was you, really good. You guys are on to the strawberries and cream. <laughs> this straight up reminds it was fruity. me I drank of, the shit out of Smucker's yes. strawberry <laughs> jelly. You're right. It does. Yep. I want to have some butter and toast with it. For yeah. sure. This is awesome. It is. It's peanut butter. That peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Yep. <laughs> so we should make like a peanut butter up. We get a stout or porter. Yeah, peanut up. butter porter. Is, yep. And pair yes. them together. Double fist them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, the peanut butter porter seems to be a staple now. That's not just dangerous, man. Everybody's making one. Uh, we're, I, I think down the road we're going to give it a whirl. I got a few ideas uh, with it, but lactose yeah. included. We, we'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, every brewer that we've ever had on the show has been hesitant about the lactose thing. So I think it's it's a trend that the brewers themselves. Yeah. The consumers—they're doing it because it. the consumers like it. They're not doing it because they. Do you remember how good those portage like crawlers were? Those um, a couple years ago uh, that we had on a Black Wednesday that Andy brought us. It was like, it was lactose this, lactose that, and it was like guava, strawberry, whatever, like everything with lactose. I'm like, every beer here is great, but if I drink them as my regular beers. They're have yeah, they're 300 heavy. pounds. This is nice. Years. Yep. Clear. Pack on the pounds with those. They're so good, though. So what do you use for the strawberry on this? Is it Smucker's Jam, or is it... Uh, uh, it's, it's strawberry flavoring. It's a strawberry uh, flavoring. It's a puree. It's yeah. actually a strawberry puree. Uh, it's from a standard 
brewing supply uh, puree company. I mean, we kind of stick. I, I'm pretty strict about where I get my fruits from, and basically it's two suppliers, um, and that's where we get it all from. And this this was the original batch of, of our cream ale. And like I said, from the start, it was going to be our first batch, so we were going to flavor it no matter what. Some went peach and some went strawberry. And then we were just going to do peaches and cream, but everybody does peaches and cream. Everybody does strawberries and cream. And, and a lot of the owners are huge basketball fans, so they stole the name Kareem. And so it's strawberry and cream and peaches and cream. I, I was a hockey player, but I'm the only hockey player out of the five owners. That is super good, though. This one, I, I'm i normally a peaches guy, but I actually like this one better than the peaches one that I had the other night. Uh, they're, they've both been really drinkable. I, yeah. We've been happy with them that way. Yeah. I'm Like a, a post-fermentation fruit beer, I'm not. A, I'm this, never a total uh, buy-in, but, but I do like them. They're... And, this would be another good one that would be a nice transition from your from your Mick Golden drinker into the, into the craft beer. Yeah, and it, it's worked really well for non-beer drinkers. They, both the peaches and the strawberry have both been been big hits with that crowd. Yeah, and about a year ago, I would have said that my wife is in that camp, but she's come around to IPAs and stuff. But when we were sampling it, she like got my attention. She's like, "I'm drinking a full. It's really good." <laughs> Oh. So this is something that I would use to hook somebody, you know. Yep. And yeah. Now, now she's drinking IPAs and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I like the fact that my biggest thing with a lot of the fruit beers is that when it tastes like when we were a kid, you'd have an orange popsicle. Those things don't taste anything like orange. So, but when these taste like an actual fruit, you know, art, there's a difference between artificial strawberry flavoring and strawberry flavor. And to me. This is a nice balance. It's a good strawberry flavor. Yeah, and it, and I think uh, these purees, I believe, are are natural fruit, so they're they're high quality. I mean, it's almost about it's about a hundred bucks a gallon uh, for the flavoring. So you're not getting twenty dollars syrup and you know whoever passed chemistry class and sells it on Amazon. Yes, uh, it's not by the any means. It's the the Hershey strawberry syrup that you see in the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything but. Uh, yeah, the, the, the flavor. I'll drink milk. <laughs> so I think next up line is uh, the milk stout or the porter. I think it's the milk. Yep, the milk stout. Oh yeah, it's a stout. milk stout is next. And on on nitrogen as well. Super good. Oh, it yeah. is. Yep, yeah, we got sure. two nitrogen faucets, so the last two beers, the, the milk stout, and the next one is all nitrogen. And uh, I'll say this too, I'm sure the listeners have heard it, the uh, music came on. Um, when Adam and I were here last weekend, the, like I walked in and the Lemonheads were playing, I'm like, this is my kind of place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like whoever's running the boards right now is like doing a great job. Yep. And then we played the piano on our way out. <laughs> Everybody a lot always of people appreciates that, that. Yeah. Yep, it's pretty yep. cool. I yeah, that was piano. good. You should have heard me. I well, I'm sure we'll get that opportunity yet tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Props it, to you guys for playing good music. Uh, it. Uh, uh, fortunately, a lot of uh, 
with the licensing stuff, you get a corporate license through some of the the internet different services. So ASCAP. You got. We didn't use that one. I think we use the. Uh, I forget what the company's called now, but it's Spotify's business version, and that's what that's what we've gone with. I've spoken with other breweries who I would go there one summer and I would say. God, last year you guys were playing all this cool music, and now you're just playing ambient noise. What's going on? They're like, oh, we got in big trouble. Yep. Yeah, and I'm like, there's ways around that. If you don't want to pay the fees, sell records. Become a record store. Like, put a few albums for sale, and then... You're you all be- about breaking the law tonight. Put caffeine yeah. or beer, and now... Well, no, we just suck it up. I'm just saying that... Legally yeah, downloading music? That, like, I'm telling them, they're like... Oh, no, I've dreamed about owning a bar one day, and I've thought of everything. I'm like, how do you play music without getting in trouble? You know, like yeah. if, you, if you put a few records for sale on the wall, like, that's a free, you're free, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't quite cheated. That's a brilliant idea, actually. It's a couple grand uh, a year savings. But, well, we've uh, we've just gone with a monthly fee service, and yeah. we'll pay our monthly fee. We Probably bite the bullet. safer than trying to find a loophole. You know, when you, when you start to open a brewery, what every brewery tells you, Every every brewer, every owner tells you every time it's like, just write the check. Yeah. Just write the check. I've and been told that you're a million dollars in debt on day one. Like that's just how it works. I'm not asking you to say not that. These guys, yeah. these guys are straight cash, homie. <laughs> I wish. And hide it all. Uh, uh, no. The, the uh, that's, that's if deal. it wasn't for the build out, <laughs> we'd like financially. Because we could do so much work ourselves, and we did a ton of anything that we could do ourselves, we did. I mean, just a ton of stuff. But as far as a build out on the building, no way. Uh, that that was a monster project, and and we were lucky. We had a ton of local contractors. Uh, I know you you mentioned the ironwork earlier when you're talking. Uh, there's a guy named Chad Otis. is from Otis Ironworks. He lives in Clements, and he works out of his shop. The guy did all the ironwork in the whole building. He's unbelievably talented. I, the guy's an artist with it. And if you look closely at the railings, I mean, you won't see anything like this anywhere. The guy's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that um, I remember last summer I work at a lumberyard, and I was talking to one of our concrete guys came in. And I, he goes, you're never going to guess where I was today because <laughs> he knew I like craft beer. I'm like, what's going on in there? What's happening? <laughs> He's like, oh, you got a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. That was uh, 2018, not this year. Okay. <laughs> uh, was he from Springfield? Um, I think Sleepy Eye originally. Okay, we're, uh, which place? You'd say. Uh, oh, yeah, yep, yep. Mark did, uh, Mark did all of our concrete work. He actually, where the brewing equipment sits. Yep. That's a five-inch concrete pad. He, him and the, the buddy that he worked with. Dan, yeah. It, that's who told me. Okay, yeah. You, it was him and, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Riley Brolic, the two that did it together. Okay. They hauled in, like, 100 wheelbarrows full of concrete. Bag hauled, concrete? All the, no, no, no. They, they had a truck out front, filled up a wheelbarrow, hauled it back to the brewing area, dumped it in but it's it sits on a five foot or a five inch concrete pad for the whole brewing area and then it they actually had to cut out footings in the basement and there's steel beams supporting all that weight but all of that stuff was done by by local contractors whether from here and i, I think chad's about as far away as they get being in clements uh, but 
our carpenters. It, it was. Uh, yeah, I never even thought of that. If you have a basement and you're gonna put concrete upstairs, you gotta. That's a lot of work. Holy. Yeah. Uh, yes. It is the steel infrastructure in the basement. Remind is me impressive. when we're done. I'm gonna have a story for you, off-air story that'll you will love. But don't let me forget. All right. Let's talk about the stout. So the stout I kind of told you earlier was was Danny's recipe. He's our uh, uh, our hop opposed owner, and he wanted a milk stout. He actually wanted a milk coffee root beer stout. He told me, Dan, one at a time, man, Pick one a lane, at a time. Bro. <laughs> yeah. So so we went with the milk stout to start with. Added coffee. I think the coffee and milk pair really well. And at some point, I think we're going to pair pair a root beer flavoring with it as well. Yeah, this is um, something that would get me more interested in stouts. Like, I, I generally don't drink coffee. I don't like the taste, but so stouts have always been an issue with me. But I like lately, I've been getting into brown ales, which transitions into porters, and now some stouts are okay. Like this is sweet almost. Yeah. So milk stout. You guys were talking about lactose earlier. This is the only thing we have lactose in. Okay. Obviously, a sweet stout, you're going to have lactose in. There's other flavors of stouts. You can have a dry Irish stout, no lactose. Another uh, good, awesome beer to make. But uh, I really love this beer, especially when we push it out on nitrogen. Nitrogen, along with a good lactose uh, milk stout, just adds to the, the overall body, the creamy flavor. Uh, absolutely love nitrogen-pushed milk stouts. You just can't beat them. They're always a go-to. Anytime I go to a bar, I'm always eyeing up the rail where the nitrogen faucet's at. <laughs> yep. And uh, depending on what they got on nitrogen faucets, that's probably what I'm ordering. So you're traveling a lot too then? Yep. <laughs> I enjoy going to breweries. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not a stout guy at all, but this was a super drinkable. I, I can drink them if they're on the sweet side. Uh, and I liked it you know, when we just had it on CO2. Once we moved it over to the Stout Tap, it was different world. Yep. It's like, woke it up. Now we're talking. Yep. Stout Tap. Are there different taps for, like, style of taps? Uh, yeah. So the, I didn't know the that. Stout Tap uh, is kind of what you traditionally see nitro on. Uh, and once we move this to nitro on that Stout Tap, it goes through a screen. It adds a, a really nice, fine, smooth, foamy head to the beer. It, it makes a big difference. Yeah, think about like a screen. So a, a, CO, a regular CO2 faucet is just going to be a hose from your keg with the head pressure pushing it out to your uh, faucet. Whereas nitrogen, um, it's like an 80-20 mix, so 80% nitrogen, 20% CO2. And uh, the faucet is specially designed to have like a whole bunch of little holes in it, like a screen, versus just a big wide open uh, yeah. faucet. Yeah. And that nitrogen... I don't know. I don't know the chemistry behind it, but it man, it adds a whole another creamy flavor to it that you can't get with the regular CO2. That is crazy that somebody figured that out. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad someone did. Yeah, yep. for sure. And then I you're love here nitro beer it. and I love nitro coffee. I mean, they're, they're both awesome. Uh, that's been one of the things we keep working on for the coffee shop is we want to get our cold brew on on nitro and. We're, uh, that's something that's in the works for us from the coffee shop side, but the cold brew is so popular even without nitro. 
it, it's just a, kind of a, a work in progress. Right on. Well, should we move on to the last one? Yeah, what is the last one? Man? The last one is called the night shift. It's the porter. It's a porter. Yep. So porters, uh, by the style, they should taste very roasted, uh, very chocolatey. Uh, this one actually has got a little different spin from your traditional porter. Uh, it's actually an orange rye porter. So, what? an orange rye porter. So, the reason it's called orange is because there's a little bit of orange peel involved with the boiling process to give you just a little bit of zing, a little bit of sweet flavor to it. And then the rye malt, the rye malt is uh, really uh, known for uh, making beers very dry, very crisp. And then the roasted barley and the chocolate, mark, chocolate malt, I think, are a great combination. They really complement each other. You get a little bit of coffee flavor. You get the chocolate flavor. But you still get that uh, roasted barley flavor. Um, but yet you make it dry with uh, dry and crisp with uh, rye malt. You know, you, you say in the description as I'm drinking it for the first time, pretty sexy. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, this is Aaron in general. <laughs> this is super good. I don't know if I've ever had. You said it's super good. I don't know if I've ever had a porter like this. With, with you know, like the zest was the word you used, and it was the perfect way to describe it. It's, it's. What's the word? Oh, ph- phenomenal. That's the word I use too much. Is phenomenal. This is a phenomenal porter. Beer fun. What's the word? <laughs> this is kind of the, the beauty of adding. Like Aaron's creativity to my boring biochemistry. Like I look at it like, what? What, what Aaron, the hell is Aaron, that? I can tell how you describe but beers. You're very passionate it. about what you do. Good job. I I do a lot of uh, reading. I'm, I'm designing recipes. I look at probably a couple dozen different recipes. I research the malts, understand which malt uh, flavors bring out what, and then. Uh, I kind of always resort back to my own palate. What would I like to drink? And typically, what I like to drink is hopefully what other people like to drink. And just try to make it balanced. That's the key thing. I don't want to be too strong in one flavor or another. Make a nice, well-balanced beer. Uh, Something that's crowd-pleaser. Something that's distinct to the style. So we're not going to vary from the style, but still make it true. No, uh, last weekend when we were here just on our own, I ordered a full one of these. I liked it so much. Like, last weekend when you and I yeah. were here, yeah, yeah, I said yeah. I had this full order of it. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I know you can't hear me, but the headphones. I'm shouting in the headphones. So we've gone through all 11 of your guys' beers now. What do you got what? coming up down the pipe? What's, what's on its way? What can we look forward to? So... Right now, we're working on keeping up on uh, what's moving fast, but uh, the next one I think is on a tap is going to be uh, uh, Doppelbach. It's about that, that time, isn't it? It is, yep. So I, there again, uh, got a recipe going where I'm thinking it's going to be pretty solid. Uh, oh. It's going to be Doppelbach. Oktoberfest, uh, that's Sleepy Eye. Come and see. Okay. So... About shells, they always have their Bach fest. Yes, yep, yes. so Bachs are very good for February. Yes, and I like good Bachs. And uh, you need to think about the Bach. Is, I'm gonna make this beer uh, really showcase the Munich malt. Munich malts are known for being very sweet. Uh, combine that with a little bit of Vienna, uh, 
whereas the red lager was all Vienna forward, this is going to be very Munich forward. And then add some more malted flavor to it, like a Cara Munich, a uh, little caramel 60 to it. It's going to make it an awesome beer. I can't wait. It's going to be our biggest beer yet. Uh, I'm hoping to rock this one out at about 8, 8% ABV. So uh, it's going to be a fun one to brew, and I can't wait to taste it when it's done. Uh, the funny, funny thing yeah. was, uh, Aaron and I, our style is, is so different at times, but we both absolutely love Munich malt, almost to a fault. I have to intentionally force myself not to add Munich malt to almost every beer. <laughs> yeah, I, Adam, you got to delete the Munich, man. You can't put Munich in that one. And, uh, that that part has been uh, that part is awesome because we both love just a little bit of a sweeter, sweeter, maltier beer. And, and so a ton of our beers feature a, a, at least a little bit of Munich malt. And you kind of catch that, that flavor in, in just about everything except the really, really slight stuff. What about events that you got coming up at the brewery? You got anything big big planned? Yeah, nothing big yet. We're, and basically it's, it's just been a, more of a, a factor of the amount of time we have, all five of us that own it, and number six being Aaron. Uh, we all have full-time jobs outside of this, uh, but for sure we want to do big events. So we're hoping for something either this summer or an Oktoberfest type event. And we keep kind of rolling around ideas. And I think as we get as we get our bearings again uh, with the opening, I think we'll start to kind of piece that together. There's got to be a special release for sweet corn days, right? Or for buttered corn days? Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen with buttered corn I suppose, days anymore. Yeah. I suppose. Oh, yeah. it could yeah. well, you'll have some type of town. Yeah, basketball. some corporate foreign bastards uh, decided to kill our uh, corn days. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I didn't think of that. Uh, that's fine. So, Way to go, uh, Corey. Greedy bastards can go to hell. Sorry and, to bring up the touchy subject. Yeah, it, it, that's all right. It's, it's, it shouldn't be because, you know, now. from Rising Phoenix, yeah. think of that. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I, I like From to take every opportunity. Something great. Yeah, well, that could be true. I, I like to take every opportunity to slam a, a greedy corporate bastard whenever I get that opportunity. So I was going to do that tonight too, but my wife specifically told me I couldn't. Uh, I yeah. was there for that. Yeah, my, Tim was in the car for that. Yeah, my my filter was gone two uh, two beers ago. Uh, so I'll kind of let him have it now. That's all right. No, it, I, I'm listening to myself, and yeah, yeah. mine yeah. might have to do with a certain. Uh, health provider in the area. I love how he pulls his mic away. Like, I'm not catching the... <laughs> uh, oh, feel free to slam any health provider uh, that once occupied the Springfield Medical Center. <laughs> if you'd like, uh, I can back you up on that on both a professional... Since I employ my wife, oh. I'm going to refrain from saying anything negative. Yeah. Let's move on. Move on. Yeah, I don't want to edit. How about, that, how about that Graham said lumber over in Spring Sam? <laughs> It's all good, guys. Hey, um, quick curiosity before we wrap up. First off, thank you for having us. Second off, um, pizza. How long does that go? I think as long as the pizza oven is rocking, it'll go. Yeah. So it's open still? Until Yes, until power runs out or while the owners leave, you can get pizza. Right, that's what I think I'm doing next. Yep. So, sincerely, though, thank you for having us. Sampling all yeah. your stuff. That was very generous. That was very yeah. nice. Well, thank uh, you, you guys, guys for coming. Awesome. 
I, I know how you guys have been here already. We appreciate that. Oh, it's we hope to keep so you coming. We've been looking well, forward to you guys opening for like two years when since we first announce? heard the rumblings. So how how did you guys ever? How did you hear about it? Well, word of mouth, and then you one of your Google. owners' wives works with my wife at a certain medical provider that shall not be named. Oh, so I've been, I've kind of kept the updates that way. So before, like when you guys were out running beers, grabbing more beers for us, we were kind of just joking around. We might just show up here and just with our equipment and just grab a bigger table between the three of us and be like, all right, we're doing a podcast here. You guys are welcome anytime. I do that. Yeah, I'm going to figure out the wiring so we can get it over the PA system next time. <laughs> but then we I'll can't try to be square that. Uh, you got a point. <laughs> That's just, right. Everybody knows my filter's limited. That's not a secret. Oh, we were pretty clean tonight. I think I only said shit like twice, three times. We were pretty tame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so really tame. Uh, well, speaking yeah. of tame. I even said fuck to Most of the time I'm tame because I can't hear anybody. A beer that what? A beer that. Tame. What's, what's, your, uh, what's your top rate? Oh, I already up? said that, and you guys were talking over it when you guys were talking about the hazy, and I just go, the beer fucks. Yes. Yes. Got it. And nobody heard me. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, how do we? What? How do we best rank a beer? It's Sleepy Eye Brewery Fox. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's the best Fox. compliment we can give them. Yeah. That's the best compliment we can give anybody. Yes, that's the only thing that's above a five. Fox. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's Thank you guys. We need to get a seal and an enamel like pin seal. Yeah. <laughs> Certified Fox. We should get a banner that we just start taking around to breweries. They could hang it up in here and said, "This Pilsner Podcast <laughs> says this place Fox." <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you guys. This Absolutely. was awesome. All the beers thank were fantastic. You. Yes. Love uh, having you. I'll probably be a regular. You guys can just call me Norm when I start oh, walking in the front door. <laughs> I'll be Cliff then. I don't care. Oh, a little known fact. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Peace out.